At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams of 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Good evening. You're listening to Straight Talk with Dean and Mark. We thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoy another exciting episode of our show. Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Dana Mark. It's March 24th. Man, the month is almost over. We're about to head into June, and with June comes the summertime. So it's about 70 degrees up here in New Jersey right now. I'll take it, but let the pollen go somewhere else. Before we get started, man, I wanted to give a shout-out and a salute to the Distinguished District 1 of the National Association of Parliamentarians, headed by District 1 Director Robert Robinson. They had a conference this weekend, man. It was outstanding. And salute to you for all of your hard work. Salute to all of the um, presidents and parliamentarians who received awards during the conference. Job well done. All right? Um, Just wanted to put that out there. And if you're interested in the National Association of Parliamentarians, you know, take a look at it. Um, they're doing some good things and, and learning that parliamentary procedure so you won't be in a three-hour meeting and, and you can actually get meetings done in an efficient and effective manner. And through Director Robinson, a lot of us have, have learned the proper way to conduct and run efficient meetings. So, again... Salute to an outstanding conference and shout out to all my fellow members of the National Association of Parliamentarians who may be listening tonight. Big ups to y'all. All right. Moving on to news, man. Um, Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak was sued for allegedly stealing a business idea. So this one says Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak is facing a million dollar lawsuit for allegedly stealing the idea for a tech school bearing his name. Connecticut business professor Ralph Riley claims in the suit that he and Wozniak made a handshake agreement 10 years ago in 2011 to establish a tech university. When the school would have been dubbed the Woz Institute of Technology, relying on Wozniak's name and reputation as a key engineer behind Apple's early days, according to the report. Now, while the idea never came to fruition, Wozniak launched a similar venture under the name WozU 
in 2017 in partnership with computer coding bootcamp firm Coda Camps. After the launch of WASU, Rally emailed Wozniak asking to join the business, according to court filings reviewed by Insider. Now, WASU did not immediately return the post request for comment, but Rally said, this is exactly what I envisioned for Waz Institute of Technology when I first approached you with the idea, Rally reportedly wrote in the email. You are right on the mark, Wozniak responded, according to the report. You had the right idea. I doubt it would have happened without your initial idea. But when Rally followed up, asking for some ownership in the project, Wozniak reportedly stopped responding. Rowley is now suing Wozniak for alleged intellectual property theft and copyright infringement. He's reportedly seeking at least $1 million in relief and damages. Rowley did not immediately return the post request for comment. Now, Insider reported that Wozniak's team will argue that he and Rowley never reached a firm deal on the university, and that Wozniak is not typically involved in most business dealings leaving matters like contract negotiations to his manager and others on his team. The case is set to go to trial June 7th in Arizona, and Wozniak has been called to the stand to testify. Sounds like that's going to be kind of he said, she said, but you never know. Stranger things have happened. Somebody might get paid or somebody might get their feelings hurt. So we're going to find out which one it is. (laughs) We're going to find out which one it is very <laughs> very soon that's got to kind of suck though when you you make an agreement with somebody and you say you know what this is the idea this is what we're going to roll with this is what we're going to go with and the next thing you know they're done and they kick you to the curb but one person i'm not kicking to the curb and we're going to get it started right now it's a six-man dean geronimo i'm in the studio from nj to nc with my right-hand man, Mark Lee. So, Mark, tell me what's good in your neck of the woods, my brother. Well, you know, we actually had an event in Haiti this weekend, so that was good and exciting. Nice. We actually had an event, you know, people walking around in masks, a jazz band was jamming some tunes, and we had a food truck and some other stuff, and there was a few people there. You know, people are just slowly getting out, but there were people there, and just down the road there was a lot more people because the – Durham Bulls were playing their games and everything, but it was okay. good getting out and about and seeing events happening. So that's one of the things that was going on. And right now it's a little bit cloudy here in Durham. It looks like some rain might be trying to sneak in this joint and all of that. But, you know, definitely seeing people get out and about and enjoying stuff. So that's a good thing. So I've told yeah. about you, but that was good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, you know what? The, we we kind of hung out a little bit with some close friends this weekend, man, and um, they finally dropped the mask mandate for those that have been vaccinated. So it's interesting, you know, we still wear them when we go into stores or whatnot, but right. we'll see what happens with that. And outside it's starting to open back up and people are ready to, you know, get out and about. I'm just trying to see if they're going to jack the gas prices up or if the gas prices will stay the same for right now. Because it's going to be a whole lot of moving parts and, you know, people are going to have to stop and get that gasoline, man. And, and hopefully they'll keep it the same. Like, don't don't raise the price. You, you know, know they're going to jack it up. You know good or well. No, nah, man. That's you know what? what? That's, that's not good. You know what I mean? I'm, not, I'm saying I don't plan on traveling anywhere right now, but still, you know, come on. Over $3 in gas. 
Nah, man. It's just, and then other some places like Florida and California, their gas prices are astronomical, man. I, I don't know how how they do it. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. Because <laughs> me, I would probably have a bicycle. Like, yeah, I'm just about to get it in like this, Jack. Exactly. Wow. We just be sitting there chilling and doing all of that. It's just crazy. Yeah. I just don't get it. But I do <laughs> get the fact that there's a scrappy team from Memphis that tried to give Utah all they could handle in one game one. I mean, it's only game one, but they gave them all they could handle. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I watched the other the NBA basketball, and yeah, Utah went okay. down in game one. So they're supposed to be the number one seed, but they went down. So, you know, I'm still waiting on... Uh... Uh, August, man. You know, I, that's 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 my time of year. <laughs> you you wait for when the games actually count. Well, no, I'm not, waiting not... for August, like preseason oh, football. 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 Yeah, man. Like during this time of year, you know, I, I I'm just not a. I like football, and you know, I play baseball, but I won't watch baseball. It takes. It seems like. If you go to a game, it takes forever. When you're yeah, actually good. playing, it doesn't take that long. You know, no. but, you know, it's like, all right, well, and then basketball, I like watching guys hoop it up at the park, but I've never been a big, you know, a big basketball fan. That's just me. I was a fat kid growing mm. up, so, you know, and fat dudes really wasn't getting ball playing time like that back then. <laughs> Well, you know, I was a skinny kid growing up, and, you know, I didn't get no airplay either, and then I ran track, and I was the worst track runner of all time. I was horrible at track. I was like, you know, finished dead last just about every time, recruited a friend of mine that was one of the fat kids that I knew I could beat and everything. So, like I said, I did not have much luck in that regard of sports. I didn't try anything else. I did do the chess club and a couple of other things, but other than that, I was not having it. I hear that. You know, and, and now that I'm older, you know, football is completely out of the question. You know, you, you're not going to go out there 30 years later thinking that you're going to be able to run around, jump, and do all of that stuff without having to ice down two or three days afterward. You know what I mean? Yeah, I have to ice down some kind of way or another, and I get you. But like I said, I ran track. You know, we had the best track method of picking a team, though, of all time. I think that any, anybody, you probably even could have survived it. Even, I don't know what size you were in high school, but even if you were like a big, big dude, you would have survived it. Because what my coach did is he uh, got everybody who wanted to be on the track team, and he ran you, and he mm. ran you, and he ran you, and he ran you, <laughs> and he ran you some more. And if you survived, okay. you made the team. Well, so that, that was the hazing method, man. We're going to just keep going. Everybody that falls out, just go ahead, pick your stuff up, and go home. And when exactly. I'm when I'm, when I'm I'm tired of watching everybody run, then, all right, whoever's left, then we're going to go on to, um, and do our thing. <laughs> that was the exact method. Oh, that is, that's rough right there, boy. Cause you, and for those that were coming back, y'all knew what was getting ready to happen. And, oh, and yeah. some of the newer people coming out there, you're like, yo, you sure you want to do this? You know? And then, like, no. Yeah, I want to do it. All right, you positive? Yep, positive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And then, wow. and then they come up to you a week later talking about like, what the heck did you get me into? Yeah. Hey, we, tried to, we, we, we tried to warn you. Tried to warn you. We really couldn't tell you. You had to see it to believe it. So now you've seen it. What are you going to do? You coming back or you staying gone? You know what I mean? So it, it's... <laughs> that's it's like you're going to Great way. You gonna come back or you gonna ghost us? That was the question. You gonna come back or you gonna ghost us? Yeah, but if you don't come back, we know you couldn't handle it. It wasn't for you. No hard feeling, but um, you know, it just wasn't your thing. <laughs> was not your thing. Yeah, right. but, you know, sometimes you get ghosted in sex uh, practice. Sometimes you get ghosted in football, and we know sometimes you get ghosted in relationships because. I know I've been ghosted, and I think I've maybe ghosted a person once or twice. But, you know, sometimes you just got to do that in life because it ain't really cutting it for you. So you just got to find your your exit. We all have our unusual ways of making an exit. Well, it depends, man. If you, if you are trying to get to know somebody and you feel weird around them and they feel weird around you, maybe it's better that you do just kind of disappear on each other. You know, but exactly. sometimes we do it the wrong way. We'll say, you know what? Oh, I don't feel like I can measure up. So we disappear or vice versa. And when you really sit down and if you put everything on the table and sorted it out, you kind of realize that you may have more in common than, you know, your insecurity got the best of you. So you ended up taking off or the other person ended up taking off and then you miss out on a, on a good person. So, you know, you got to be careful. You got to be careful anyway, because you might, you know, like the older folks used to say, everything that looks good to you ain't good for you. And that's exactly how they say it. They didn't say isn't good for you. They said everything that looked good to you ain't good for you. So, you know, and a lot of us had to find that out the hard way. <laughs> had to find it out the real hard way. Sometimes you just got to right. find things out the hard way no matter what they are so if you're right sometimes you just look there and you're going like oh i had to learn that hard lesson and like you said sometimes everything that looks good ain't always good for you and sometimes things that you think are good uh might be detrimental to your soul and some things that might be looking not that great might be good for your soul mm-hmm. and you better be careful you better be careful because like they also said, it's something about hard heads and soft asses that uh, oh, yeah. that, that kind of go together in a weird way, you know, and, and we don't ever understand those coded messages, you know, until we get older. And then we start figuring out, oh, that's what that meant. Oh, okay, so now that I know what it means, but dang, it's kind of late now. I had a couple of setbacks. <laughs> you know, so. Always those setbacks. Those setbacks get you every time. Yeah, those setbacks can, can get you put in a bad situation, Jack. You might not so want to do So you think that. a lot of people, speaking of setbacks, do you think people are going to be having setbacks in terms of Memorial Day? Because, you know, Memorial Day is coming up on the 31st and everything, so that's a week from today. So do you think we're going to see a lot of people going to places and having a lot of visits and or uh, and coming out of this pandemic with full of vacation mindset or folks can be like you and be a little bit cautious. 
Um, I think people are going to go nuts, to be honest. You know, when you're asked a direct question, you can give any kind of answer that sounds um, sensible. Like they had asked some people, I guess, about, you know, the mass restrictions being lifted and what they wanted to do. And people were like, well, we'd rather go camping than to go on a plane. And I'm like, yeah, you don't even want to be outside right now, but you're going to go camp. Okay, well, they could be telling the truth. But not that many people. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes every, most people will say what sounds good instead of telling folks how they honestly feel. You know, like, you ask me, like, yo, are you going out? Well, not really. I don't plan to right now. I know come August, yes, I'm going to have to make a trip to sell, you know, with my classmates to celebrate my 30th reunion. Um, and then... I might go down. Well, I'm going to homecoming in October, but those are only two times of the, um, that I plan on leaving to go anywhere right now. You know what I mean? Later on, maybe going other places, but I think as soon as they, you know, they're just going to be all over the place. I really do think no, I, be no, I agree with you. So let me see if I can do my math together. So that means that later on, you're going to have to come down to Virginia because you graduated in the class of 91. Yes, sir. Petersburg High School class of 91, the positively unique class of 1991, celebrating the dirty 30, uh, 30 years since we walked the halls of what we call D-O-P-H-S. So shout out to my positively unique classmates of the class of 1991. Now, how many of your classmates have you kept in touch with? Because I still keep in touch with some of mine, and I graduated way back in the 80s. But uh, definitely have a few members that I keep in touch with. But how many of the classmates have you kept in touch with, and how many of them have surprised you? Like maybe one of them is a big-time executive, or maybe one of them went off into the dark side. So how many of them have surprised you? No, you know what? Uh, I'm actually – I everybody makes mistakes. So for those who made those mistakes and have bounced back from it, man, I salute them. And then – the rest of us, you know, have been going on that upward uh, trajectory for a while. So my classmates have actually been doing some great things, man. And through the power of social media, you know, like we have a group for our class. And the only individuals that are not a part of it have unfortunately passed on, you know. But wow. the rest of us, we're here. So, you know, we're starting to plan that. That, that uh, reunion now and it's like hey we could get together 30 years ago I had a full beard 30 years later it's a full gray beard you know and, and things have changed so just to see how life has treated all of us when we can all sit down and kind of like have some fun and also have a conversation and, and be able well, to makes- kind of catch up you know so it's a good thing well, that makes sense. You know, I graduated in high school back in 1980, so we supposed to have had a 40th uh, last year, but then this thing called the virus came and got in the way, and I don't even know whether we were even doing any plans, and I think something interfered with 30 as well, so I'm trying to think if they've actually had a reunion, so I need to get in touch with some of my classmates and be like, are we going to do this before we get to the 50th on 2030, or are we going to wait until 2030 or 2025 for that 45th one? So, like I said, I know that... Uh, John Graham High School, one of the last classes of John Graham High School. Anybody that's out there listening, if y'all were part of that class, y'all can get in touch with me and 
maybe we can plan to do something or not. But it could be fun because I do keep in touch, like I said, with a few members of the class. And some of them have even said that they've heard us uh, talking here on this show. So including some that graduated ahead of me, like in 79 and 78. But I believe we were supposed to have been the last class. But then, you know, no, with any construction, it never goes the way you expect. So I want to say that the <laughs> class after us, 81, was the last class. I think we were supposed to have been the last class, but, you know, they were a little slow in getting Warrington High School, which is what John Graham became because it merged with North Carolina. So they merged with North Carolina and John Graham and became Warrington High School or Warren County High. But, you know, I think that we were supposed to have been the last class, but instead that honor went to the class of 81. So they should be coming up on 40. Well, okay. Man, time goes by fast. So, man, I look at it. In fact, happy birthday to my godson, <laughs> man. My godson is 30 years old today, man. And when I think about him, I'm like, damn, he's grown. You know what I mean? Like, when you see someone go from, like, taking their first breath, and now he's a 30-year-old man. So, you know, to my godson, Aaron Cheeks, man. Happy birthday. It's, it's, today, it's today his birthday? Today is his birthday, yes. Like today, today? Today, today. Right now. Birthday. Like the, like the, like the 24th. Birthday. May 24th. Birthday. Ever since midnight. That means he, celebra- <laughs> that means he celebrates birthday with an amazing person. A truly amazing person. Y'all have heard me refer to this person on this show before and everything. So that means your godson. And yes, I did call because that's what you do as a good relative of this person. So as I keep saying this, y'all ought to be able to figure this out. But yes, today, May 24th, is the birthday of Miss Valeria Lee, my mother, who I also celebrated on ah. Mother's Day. So, yeah, yeah, so, so okay. he celebrates the birthday with the amazing Valeria Lee. Happy birthday to your mom, man, for real. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes, yes. Let's see, now we start counting down. We get through the month of June, you know, folks are like, it's Gemini season. We're like, yeah, all right, well, hey, man, and then it's going to be cancer season, and then it's going to be Leo season. But if we count by months, you know, yeah. once we finish with May, we're going to cruise That's through right. June. You start the month of July off, and I finish it. That's so, right. you know, we, That's it. You know, and then after that, it's the rest of the year. So. We've already established that there's only really one month of the year that counts. We've already established that. But whether it's the back side or the front side, <laughs> the only month that counts is July. <laughs> and see, for, for those of you who are kind of trying to, you're trying to put two and two together, but we're going to go ahead and make it four for you. July 1st, uh, Mark Lee will be celebrating his birthday, and then July yeah. 31st, the sick man Dean Geronimo will be celebrating his. So we 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 bring the month in and we take the month back out. So exactly. you know, that's 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 why we say July is that month. It's that month, and folks just need to understand that you know the man above understood the greatness of the month of July. So they just right. need to come to this. They just need to come to this wisdom. But, you know, some people want to be stubborn. They want to think that May is their month or April is their month. But, you know, it's there's okay. really only one month. It, it's, it's okay. If you were born in any other month of the year, it's okay. You have a right to believe that your month is the best month of the year. It's okay. But the greatest month of the year the greatest month is always July. Always July. <laughs> I know somebody's probably listening right now. I'm like, listen to this. 
Look at these folks coming out about July. I was born in February. <laughs> you know, everybody's gonna start like they're gonna start calling us talking about like, no, it's February, no, it's March, no, it's April, and then they go start dropping like people that were born in their month. But you know, we've had some pretty right. famous people in the month of July. So if they want to drop famous oh, yeah. people, you know, we did have Princess Di. Yep. Yeah. And it was a, yeah. We we had the, the, uh, the best month of the year, man. It's just that's exactly. what it is. <laughs> you know, that's what you. That's what you go on. Right. You say, hey, just like famous people born where? July. Man, you got a whole bunch of folks, man. Kevin Bacon, man. You, you know what I mean? Everybody. What they what the, What's the name of that game? Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, like every movie star in some way, form, or fashion is three degrees removed from either working directly with or working with someone who worked with Kevin Bacon. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, man. Well, he was if, that if, you just want to look at, if you just want to look at July 1st, I share my birthday July 1st with Liv Tyler, Andre Brogger, Missy Elliott, Claire Forlano, uh, Dan Aykroyd and Missy uh, and uh, Claire Forlane. So that's just some of the folks. I mean, I'd be doing all right with Dan Aykroyd, Pamela Anderson, and Missy Elliott. And that's just <laughs> July first people. That's right. People you said so. You went. You went by July first. Like, all right. Hey, man. That's it, man. Like, no. Sure, no let, we'll, me go, let me Google this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna come down to July thirty first. I got the celebrity man thing. I'm gonna go all the way down here. And we've got, we got a bunch of folks all through July. We got Ringo Starr on July 7th. Wow. We got Wolfgang Puck on July 8th. And like you said, Kelvin Bacon a week from my birthday, July 8th. We got yeah. Beck on July 8th. We got Angelica Houston on July 8th. We got OJ Simpson on July 9th. Jimmy Smith oh, on July 9th. Tom Hanks on July 9th. OJ Simpson was born in July, yo. Okay, was born in July. <laughs> Sophia, Sophia Vergara was born in July. Jessica wow. Simpson was born in July. With Mark Cuban. Um, Greg, oh yeah, yeah we got some folks in July. Of, it's a whole lot Cheryl of Cheryl Ladd was born in July. Wow. Oh, check this out. Richard Simmons born in July. <laughs> you want to go further than that? How about Harrison? How about Harrison Ford? Wow. Cheech Marin. Cheech Marin, born in July. Ken Jong from Hangout, born in July. J.K. Rowling, uh, writer of the Harry Potter series, born in July. You know what I mean? Jesse Ventura, uh, born in July. Wesley Snipes. <laughs> oh, he'll always be Blade to me, man. You know? Yeah, he'll always be Blade. How about Diane Carroll, born in July? Wow. Awesome. Tell you, all the awesome so we got, people, man. We yeah, got some awesome people yeah. born. We Did got you, some amazing folks born in July. Omar Epps born in July. Sandra nice. O born in July. That's a whole Trying lot of folks. Okay. Yeah, Selena Gomez born in July. See, where, whatever you're on right now, you got the good Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek. Rest in peace, man. The, the only person that made, uh, you know, I'm trying to watch uh, Jeopardy now, but it's not the same. 
you know, somebody that, else uh, reading that. those questions are like, hmm, it's not the same. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just not the same. It's, yeah, it's just different. Like, all right. And the day before your birthday, we got, are you ready for these people? This is a trip you got. Are you ready for some of these days? This is the day before your birthday. Fox's birthday, birthday, is the, but day the day before your birthday, we got Arnold Schwarzenegger. Damn. Lawrence Fishburne. Yep. Vivica A. Fox. Yep. Hillary Swain and Damon Wayans Jr. And that's just a few of them on the 30th. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then like you said, on your birthday, this is just on your birthday, J.K. Rowland, Michael mm-hmm. Bean, Mark Cuban, Wesley Snipes, mm-hmm. and Dean Kane. Yeah, see, like, I need to hang out with Mark Cuban and be like, look, man, we said birthday. Let's hang out one day. Let me hold a couple <laughs> of hang out. <laughs> just, just a couple. Oh, now I do have to tell you this because I was watching. I know you said you weren't watching sports, and I did watch all of it. I caught little bits and pieces, pieces here and there of certain games. Like I watched a little bits and pieces of the Utah game. There's another game that I watched bits and pieces of as well. But in one mm-hmm. of these games, a commercial came on. This commercial mm-hmm. was for Domino's. I mean, it was a Domino's commercial. But Domino's, according to this commercial. You don't have to have your food delivered by DoorDash because there is a self-driving car that will bring your food to you. There is not a person like it is with DoorDash or Grubhub. This is a self-driving car. So it was actually a commercial. The commercial was featured like one of those um, evil gremlins or something that was trying to stop the car from getting to you. But yes, the Domino's is letting you know they have a self-driving car. So apparently you can order your Domino's in certain parts of the country and just tell it to bring it to you and come outside and there will be a car that you have to take the pizza from the car. So nobody is handing it to you. (laughs) I guess they take it one one at a time because, you know, if I'm a little hungry, man, and it's got five pizzas in there, you know I'm going to try to get at least two of them, right? (laughs) (laughs) What's going to stop somebody from doing that, man? Well, you know, that comes down to that because I have been in places where folks do that on a regular basis, you know, like in those places where you see, like, you can even use that argument with newspapers. How many times have you seen when somebody buys a newspaper and they take, take like copies? three or four I mean, of them? Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, let me get a newspaper. And, and you know what? And they put it to the side where you can barely see what right, the cashier can't see it. So somebody say, I'm going to just pay for a newspaper. Which one? And they tell them. So they ring it up, they pay for it, but on the way out the door, they just grab like a handful of them. Like, come on, man. What if I wanted one of those? You know, like, come on now. Yeah, yeah but you're right. If they, but it did look like it was just one pizza at a time. So I guess they're going to have several of these little cars running around town and everything. So like you said, I found <laughs> oh, that commercial okay. to be hilarious because apparently this is something that Domino's is doing. The other thing that I saw that was crazy, and that was actually earlier today because I took a break from my regular work and I saw that there was a commercial featuring Yogi Bear because it was a commercial, I think, for Gecko and they bought a house and they were having their picnic and they were having their food and they bought the house out in the woods. You know good and well that if you buy a house in the woods, those animals are coming to get your food. And that's basically what the commercial was about because it was Yogi and what was Yogi Bear's little friend, friend's name? A boo-boo. A boo-boo, right. So the two of them basically took the whole house. And the end of the commercial, we see Grandpa up on a tree with his one chicken wing because that's the one chicken wing that Yogi and Yogi's partner in crime did not give. 
And they're, they're over there saying, yeah, at least the house is protected by Gecko, and you can come down now, Granddad. Wow. Wow. I saw one this uh, weekend, though, it, and I can't remember what it was for, but it showed, like, how perception can be wrong. So you see this yeah. guy walking, and you see these people looking at him kind of strange. Then it goes to, like, a couple of kids walking around in a store, and then there's another one. I forgot where they were going, but when they finally said, we need to widen the lens, it was for Procter & Gamble. Um, and as they did that, like, the guy looked like he had this bag in his hand. He was going to knock on the door. So what's your first first thought? He's probably going to buy something illegal or whatever. So when the door opens, it's, it's an older lady. He hugs her, and it's like a birthday party. So then they oh, flash wow. to the store with the kids that's walking around. They're waiting for their friend to come out of the bathroom. And, um, and then, the, then the other one, but it said we need to widen the lens. Basically, stop assuming stuff and, and, and really take a good look at what you're looking at before you, you know, um, prejudge or come to a conclusion that everything is negative when it's not. I like the thinking of everything being thinking of everything being negative and it being not. I just happened to pull up on the New York Times an article, and I'm a little worried about your next door state because it says right here that New York City is going to eliminate remote learning totally for the next school year. So all students and staff members will be back in school buildings full time come September, according to Mayor Bill De Blasio. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. It seems to me that that's a little bit too no, early to be no, away no. from remote learning. You know what? Not really. You think about this. Everybody's going everywhere else. You go to the store. You go to the convenience store. Uh, you got folks going to the mall. Hey, man, it's time for the kids to go back to school, man. Like, how many grades they going to be behind? Because they're remote learning. How can you really measure learning? You know what I mean? Unless you're giving them a test. But if you're not giving them a test and they're just doing, like, work and then they're going off to do what they do, how much are they really retaining? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's time to, it's time for them to go back into school, man, because, hey, we've been everywhere else. And some states didn't, until recently, start putting on masks and whatnot. I remember I got some friends, I ain't going to say the state, but, man, they were like, mask. You know, because when they came to visit, it was like, yo, you got your mask? It was like, what mask? We don't wear that shit. And it was like, oh, well, we've been wearing it for the last nine months. So I don't know. You got to stay in the car. You know what I mean? There's no way you could go in the store because they're going to kick you out. And they were like, what you mean kick me out? I was like, dude, if you do not have a mask on, it's over, Jack. You will not get in here. And nobody knows how you feel. They're actually saying that your state was doing the same thing because they said that Governor Philip D. Murphy of New Jersey said last week that y'all are no longer going to have remote classes either come fall. So leaders in Massachusetts and Illinois, along with San Diego and along with San Antonio, have said that there will be extremely limited remote uh, options. And education officials in Florida have indicated that they will significantly reduce or even eliminate online classes next school year as well. And Governor Gavin Newsom of California has said districts will have to offer in-person classes this fall, but instruct them. 
and Houston, one of the largest districts in the country, will keep a remote option for fall, as will Philadelphia. So it looks like Houston is going to keep that remote option, as is one of your other neighbors over there in Philadelphia. So it looks like it's uh, like you were saying with the math. Different folks going to have different rules. Well, yeah, man. So you got to be careful. <laughs> Heck yeah. Got to be careful. Because there's going to be different rules for different folks. Oh, yeah. And, and nobody wants to hear all the extra stuff. You know what I mean? It's going to be what it's going to be. And you're going to be all right. Now, the question, now the question is, are they going to have the rule that you got to have the mask on when you end the fully open class? Or is it going to be, there's not going to be the mask rule either, or we're going to try to keep the mask going while we also have the rules. And uh, by the way, when I was watching the game, they said that it was limited audiences. Some of them arenas looked mighty full to me, by the way. When I was putting through and watched a couple of them games, I was like, particularly in Utah, like that moment state, I don't know what their number is supposed to be, but it was definitely more than half because it looked quite filled. And I forgot what other game I was watching. It was probably somewhere on the East Coast. But those arenas were looking mighty full. <laughs> but I will say that most of the people I did see did have a mask on. Now, you did have people that were you know, taking the mask off while they were having their popcorn or their beer or whatever they were imbibing or eating and everything. So I will give them credit for that. But the majority of the crowd was wearing masks, but there were definitely some large crowds in all of those places that I saw. Hey, man. I'm trying to tell you. they not, they, it's just full, and they try to make it sound like, oh, well, you know, this and that. And it's like, nah, man. Let's keep it real. You know what I mean? Let's keep it all the way yeah. real. Well, speaking of keeping it real, one of the parents in this article was saying that they hope that one of the things that happened is that, you know, we were paying attention to all of these issues during the pandemic, that they hope those issues stay in the forefront. Like, you know, those schools that are segregated, those schools that got large class sizes or poor infrastructures, they were saying that they hope that more of that goes on. So some parent activist out of Manhattan named uh, Shino Tanakawa said that when the pandemic hit, he thought that this was... uh, really the uh, wake-up call for us to do better to really restructure the system and I don't see that happening. So they were saying that they don't see this happening and I made an assumption it could have been a lady so I, I said he it could have been a she. But either way, they were saying that they would like to see these issues tackled on a regular basis and everything along those lines. And I do agree with that. I'm hoping that this has been a wake-up call for our education system because I know our education system needs some major improvements. So, hope that this became a wake-up call and they figure out ways to make it a better education system. You know, what's that old saying? Play it forward. Don't don't play it backwards, but play it forward. So let's hope that they're going to play it forward even on the business side. Because I know some folks are concerned about going back into the job force as well. Well, they, some need offices to, are saying they, they need to start teaching those skills that's going to be needed, man. You know, like, right. when you really think about it, and we, you know, I've thought about it before, and I'm like, you know what? Hey, man, teach them how to cook. Teach them how to balance a checkbook. You know, exactly. Teach them how to uh, change the oil on the car. Like we used to have those um, auto shop classes and things of that mm-hmm. nature. You know, it's nice to say, yeah, we're teaching them trigonometry and all of this stuff. But at the same time, 
what are they are they really learning? Or are they going through the motions to get past this class so they can go ahead and and do something else, you know what I mean? So it's weird, man. Just just help help, help them, you know what I mean? Help them yeah. so that they won't be uh, uh, grown and, and struggling and shit. You know what I mean? Speaking of growing and struggling, this is an interesting article as well because as um, Israel's dependence on the U.S. shrinks, meaning that Israel has become more and more self-dependent, and they've been doing this for years, even not decades, that also means that the U.S. has lost its leverage on this country. So definitely, I mean, if you've already got your infrastructure and you're already doing things the way you're going to do them, and then the U.S. comes here and says, do this or do that, but you're already doing things the way you want to do them, how much uh, weight do you really have as a U.S. ally or as a U.S. friend? So I think the article is basically saying that they are becoming, uh, they have their own strength. They're, they may be just as much of a world power as, say, the United States and Russia. So they don't necessarily always have to listen to us. So we get ready to get in trouble again, basically, what you're saying. Because uh-huh. we won't stay yep. out of other folks' business. And they're, and they're Damn, man. <laughs> Can we get the out of people's business, bro? Hey. I'm just saying, man, we, we stay in somebody else's business. And then we wonder why, you know, they say, look, you know what, we're going to fight the whole United States because we're tired of y'all getting in our damn business. But then we keep getting in their business like, no, nah, you're going to do this. Well, you know what? A lot of those places need that money. So when you're flashing money in front of them saying, you're going to do this, they're like, you know what? We need this money, so we're going to do it. But that's a bully move, man. Yeah, if it's a bully move, but it's also, you know, sometimes the bully will help out his uh allies and sometimes it's countries that he's bullied in the past and I think that's the point of this article because the article is basically saying that Israel is a small country and there's no doubt about that it's a tiny country and it's surrounded by enemies and locked in a conflict with the Palestinians who actually need their own state and it depends a lot on American diplomatic and military support so for decades we've been giving them that support and that and definitely we had a little bit of leverage because we were giving them their, that support but now that we give them all that support and they've already learned how to do it then they don't really need us. So therefore, the people that were fighting against them, there was a disadvantage once in the actual battle, are even further disadvantaged because they don't have our backing and they got a country that's the big bully now, which is Israel. Wow. See, stay out of other folks' business, man. Let them handle their business. And whatever happens, happens. One day we're going to learn that. We're going to learn to sit down somewhere and just take care of our own and kind of tell everybody else we're not going to be able to do it. One day it's going to happen. I have faith that one day it's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to take for it to get there, but it's going to get there, man. You know what I mean? Well, I'm just looking here looking at these numbers because apparently in 1981, just after I got out of college, American aid was equivalent to almost 10% of Israel's economy. In 2020, at nearly $4 billion, so it's still a lot of money, it's closer to 1% of the Israeli economy. So at one point, our military aid was 10% of their economy. Now it's about 1%. But that's a whole lot of money to be going to another country. So in 2020, apparently we sent nearly $4 billion, I did say billion with a B, dollars to Israel. 
Wow. We could have done with. Could you just, just think? I'm just going to use New Jersey as an example. In your part of New Jersey, if all of a sudden Biden and the forces that be had dropped off four billion dollars into that area of New Jersey that you're living in, can you imagine what you could have done for the homeless population and for uh, the schools over there and a number of other things that probably need that money? Man, you figure the homeless, the uh, children who come from disadvantaged areas, the school system, uh, women and men who are survivors of domestic violence. Um, Man, yeah, like you said, there's a whole lot of different things that you could take care of. And still, you know, beautify the area for those who have. Everybody exactly. could be taken care of. So, yes, you know, that would be an awesome thing, man. But they don't look at it like that. No, they, they look at it like, thing. you know, home is all right for right now. They'll be okay. No, we're not going to be okay. Exactly. But they don't look at a lot of things the way that people think about. I actually was having this conversation with one of my friends from Australia on the uh, Pod TV, IBM TV network earlier and everything. And part of the conversation was to kill Latimer was saying that he didn't quite get why Biden was wanting to give more money to black farmers because wasn't that really being a slate or a slight to the white farmers that also are going through problems as well. So I had to give him basically a little bit of a history lesson as to how so much of that black farmland had been taken over and how a lot of the bigger farms that he was talking about are actually corporate farms and they have been, uh, you know, basically uh, raping the entire country in my mind with some of the prices and some of the tactics that they've been using for decades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now but you don't want to like, no, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's that whole perception thing. It comes back to what you said earlier, it's that whole perception thing. And sometimes folks from other countries, they perceive that, you know, that that's all over. Because I know one of the other things he was telling me was that he felt that a lot of the BLM leaders were Marxists, and I basically had to, had to school them on that, too, because from what I understand, and it was actually one of the greatest moves of a social movement that I have seen in a long time, they intentionally did not let you, one, know what their politics were, and also who all the leaders were, because if you look at the BLM website, or you even study the BLM kind of uh, uh, modus operandi or their strategy, part of it is for you not to know who all the leaders are, because they realize the mistakes of a lot of these are young leaders, that the folks in the 60s made. Too many people knew who the leaders were, knew what the leaders' stances were, and knew too much about the leaders, and that's why they got taken out. Because if you know what the head of the uh, ship is and you take it out, then the rest of the ship is going to fall as well. But if you don't know, then the, even if you get to somebody, there's going to be somebody else that'll step in that place. Yeah, that's true. That is very you know, true. And that's why I thought it was a brilliant move on their part to actually intentionally not create a true hierarchy. Mm. <laughs> so oh, wait a minute, something is leaving New York after a seven hundred and sixty thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollar NFT sale. What the heck is this? I, you know what? I okay, heard of this- those NFTs. They making a lot of money now. Trying to figure out what the hell they are and so. Well, that's why I'm looking it up to see what it says. It says the original video of a baby biting his brother's finger has drawn 900 million views on the YouTube platform since 2007. But now one bidder owns it as a non-fungible token. 
So a non-fungible token, the original 2000 video, 2007 video, a standard bearer of viral internet fascination, has sold as a non-fungible token for $760,999. And the family who created it will take down the original from YouTube for good. So apparently it was something that happened in England. It was a picture of a kid biting the finger of his big brother and then laughing after the brother yelled out. So uh, let's see. And they're, they're on, they said the owners can create their own parody of the video and many duplicates of the video remain online. So it looks like they have come up with a way to actually make money off of things that you do. Oh, here's it is. And now we're going to get an actual definition. So folks that are listening there to Mark and Dean on uh, our show and everything, this is what it means. I found a definition. So everybody take notes. Apparently the market for ownership rights to digital art, ephemera, and media known as NFTs continues to grow and bring attention to widely viewed videos and memes that many people have longly forgotten. So NFT buyers are not usually acquiring copyrights, trademarks, or the sole ownership of what they purchase. They're mostly brought with the idea that their copy is authentic. So people are basically buying these videos, and now it looks like they're also buying copyrights, and therefore they can make a little bit of money. So they even mentioned some other ones. So it says, Disaster Girl, a meme from a photo of Zoe Rose looking at a fire in her neighborhood sold last month for 500000 Nyan cat, an animated flying cat with a Pop-Tart torso that leaves a rainbow trail, sold for roughly $580,000. And Jack Dorothy's first tweet sold as an NFT for more than $2.9 billion. And oh, a clip of LeBron James blocking a shot in a Lakers basketball game went for $100,000 in January. And an artist sold an NFT of a collage of digital images for $69.3 million among other headline-grabbing auctions. Dean, we're in the wrong business. We need to get in this business and make some quick money. <laughs> yeah. Dang. We just got to either create some content or find some super old content and put it out there or something. My golly. Wow. I mean, and they said it once sold for 69 Good grief. That's just crazy. So, yes, we, that's what we got to do. We just got to go find some videos old videos content. Of dollars. People got some disposable incomes, Jack. Yeah, I think. Because this one is from earlier, like last year, I mean, earlier this year. It says, the artist Mike Winkleman, also known as Biffle, sold an NFT at a record-breaking $69.3 million, the third highest price achieved by a living artist. The sale at Christie's. For the purely digital work was the strongest indication yet that NFTs or non-fungible tokens have taken the art market by storm, making the leap from specialist websites to premier auction houses. So, yeah, folks are finding all kinds of crazy things on the website, and they're using it and making some quick money and all of that. So, wow. The technology for this has been around since the mid-2020s, but it didn't hit the main street until the late 2017 with CryptoKitties a site that allowed people to buy and breed limited edition digital cats with cryptocurrency. So you mean you go sit there and you go breed a cat with cryptocurrency? You go breed a damn cat with them. Oh, man. You know what? And they probably will put money into it. Like, yeah, my cat's going to be healthy and he's going to do this and that. So what happens if your cat gets sick? You got to put more money in there to get them better. 
And if you don't, Apparently, then what happens? The cat's going to go to cat heaven. You got to bury it. Apparently, they, yeah, they got whole nations of what you're going to do with the cat and this lovely website, Crypto Kitties. So I'm like, what the heck? And I can just see people probably paying all kinds of money to take care of their cat. Not even a real cat. You know what? That reminds me of what my mother used to say. Fools and money, they always don't get along. So, you know, <laughs> they part quickly and then they regret having lost that money. <laughs> They sit there going like, yeah, because a lot of times after you lose that money, you sit there going like, I could have used that money for this. I could have used that money for that. But no, it went to crypto kitties. Yeah, man. Hey, it is what it is, right? Need to get me a damn. You know, I, I assume that means that you're not rushing off to get any crypto kitties and you're not rushing off to do nah, any bro. of this craziness. I don't like cats. <laughs> That's true. You don't like cats. <laughs> No, nah, I don't like cats, man. I, I I had a friend who had a cat, and her cat would always scratch me, man. So, and you know, I kind of stay away from. They're like, well, why didn't she get it declawed? I'm like, I'm not telling her what to do with her cat, man. But her cat used to always scratch me. Like that cat's probably old as dirt now, but it probably still scratch me. You know what I mean? No, as soon as Dean walks in the room, that cat's going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember you from 30 years ago. Yeah, here's the you victim. Again. We got you. You thought I was gone. I'm still here. You're like, man, wait a minute. You got to be old as dirt. You know what I'm saying? I know they say, what, dog years, the human years? What are cat years, the human years? I want to say it's like, uh, it's a little bit less. I want to say it's five. So I was actually having a conversation about this with a friend of mine who has a cat, and I want to say it's five to six. So I think it's seven for dogs now. Because I think her cat is, I think her cat is coming on 19 or 20. So we think that that cat's Wait. like roughly about 100 years okay. old. Okay, I, I got I got one for you. I just Googled it, man. It said the first year of a cat's life is equal to approximately 15 human years. The second okay. year of a cat's life is equal to an additional nine years. So by the time the cat is two, the cat is actually 24. And then after the second year of a cat's life, each additional year is equivalent to about four years. So, man, that's so, that's so twenty-four like, is the first twenty-four, years, and then every times. every year following it is another four years. So, if say a cat was seventeen years old, right, uh-huh. and you you do the first two that's years, 15, you know that's twenty-four. That cat is eighty-four years old. No, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The first year is 15 years. The second right. year is another nine. So by the time the cat is two, and it's 24. to us, it's 24 years old. So now if you take, and I said what, 17 years, right? So if you take another 15 right. years, 15 times 4. 15 times 4 is 60. Yeah, you're right. 84 years old? 84. God. The cat is 84 years old. Cat Which means the cat that I'm talking about, because I think that cat is 90 years old, is 92. Damn. That's I'll be mad as hell. You, your first, by your first birthday, you're like 15 years old. <laughs> you just miss like years 1 through 14. You just go from birth to 15. <laughs> well, I mean, but, see, but that's cats and dogs. So I think, well, that, you know, they, they jump around our years and everything. But think about those animals that is even worse. Because, you know, there's some animals out there that don't make it past the year. So, like I said, their entire life is our one year. So, that means that basically they are, let's say, if our average life is uh, 
what is it now? I think it's close to 80. If our average life is 80 and they're 12 months, that means that in the month of February, they are already about 24 or 25. Yeah, that's too much. Because they're only going to be Too much. Hey, I just got a good text. My jury service is complete, so I'm good. All right. I'm excused oh, for the, the next. Yo, I, I had to check in, right? So I look at my jury number, and it's like 6700000 something, 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 right? And I was like, dang, that's a big-ass number. And then they were like, yeah, we're looking for those uh, zero to 800. I was like, oh, this is going to take a while. Yeah, <laughs> but I was excused yesterday, and so now today, just got the got the news. Jury service is complete, so I'll be excused for at least the next three years. All right, cool. I, I can work with. Don't that. remind don't you know remind I mean? me of that because that means <laughs> D. Don't remind me of that because right before the pandemic, I went to jury duty. I remember that because I remember I went to jury duty. And I just sat around and, you know, waited for them to call me and everything. And they never called me. So that was like, I want to say maybe three or four months before jury duty. And, you know, the pandemic has been going on since March of last year. So we're talking about um, 14 months. So I want to say that it was maybe 18 months ago or 17 months ago that I had jury duty, which means that in another year, I'm up for it again. So don't remind me of that. That means I could get one of them. Oh, it comes around that again. quick. I think it's every three to five years. Yeah, three pretty, three years, I, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's my point. That's pretty fast. Like I said, I'm already in, I want to say I'm in uh, month 18, which is a year and a half. So another year and a half from now, I could be up again. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Hopefully they won't send me that little note because I just remember sitting in that room waiting and waiting. Fortunately, there were some TVs in there. Otherwise, I really would have been. And I think I knew one or two people and met one or two others that I didn't know. Otherwise, I would have been sitting there going like, this is not going to cut it because, you know, it was just <laughs> a lot of waiting. It was a lot of waiting. Well, I could believe and then they found, And then they finally came in and they're like, by the way, everybody's dismissed. Here's your, uh, here's your uh, notice of the fact that you served your time and everything in terms of jury duty. And we'll be sending you a check. Uh, and they, I think they even said, we'll be sending you a little check. I did not realize how little the check was until it came in my mailbox. And I'm sitting there going like, oh, this is like uh, lunch money. <laughs> See, for us, I work for the state. So we we don't get that. We just get our, our pay for the, the, you know, we. it's almost like a day off of work. But it's not a day off of work because you're excused. I was like, all right, let me go ahead and, you know. But I got excused yesterday, so I went to the went to the office today. My boss was like, "No jury duty." I was like, "Nah, I gotta check back tomorrow to see if I'm I'm ready to rock." But obviously well, not. Actually, and like, we're done, you know, for three years. So. But that makes that raises a question. Um, when most um, lawyers and most uh, people on the law side? be trying to get you off the jury because you're in law enforcement so I would think that they would not want many law enforcement people on the jury so each, I'm thinking that most of like state, particularly you know, the it, attorneys would be going like no we don't want it, him he's a lawyer he's incorrect it, it's weird because see in Virginia we we didn't have to do jury duty we were exempt um, because of our profession and then I got up here 
and all of a sudden I got this notice, and I'm like, all right, well, I'll just call him and say, you know what, y'all, y'all made a mistake. I um, And at that time, I was still working in Virginia before I was mm-hmm. able to come up here. So I was like, no, nah, you know, I work. Told them where I work, and they were like, okay, that's nice, but um, we plan to see you on Monday. Report to this place. This is what you got to do. So I was headed. I was supposed to go back to Virginia that Monday. That Monday morning, I just wore my entire uniform up in the courthouse, man. And when I got in there, they looked at me like, you can't be serious. I was like, hey, yeah, I'm serious. I'm going to work after this. You know what I mean? They were looking at the patch like, you work in Virginia. I was like, yeah, it takes 300 miles. It's four and a half hours. The quicker I can get out of if I leave out of here by nine, I can get there for the next second roll call. And they were looking at me like, are you serious? Well, go sit over here. I thought they were going, because that's why I wore the uniform. I was like, they see me in uniform, they're going to be like, you know what? Okay, kick them out. We don't want them here. But they didn't do that. They kept me in there that whole damn day. I was mad as hell. Oh, fire. You mad. You were sitting there there like, I'm going to get them. I was like, this is some craziness. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm so pissed. <laughs> I'm sure you were. Yeah, but each state is different, man. Each state is different. Well, that's true. Each state's got his own mind, his own situation, and it's going like, we're not sure what we're gonna do or what we're not gonna do, but we're gonna we're gonna get Dean though. Yeah, he's gonna, gonna find a way to get you. He's gonna do this jury and we don't care. But at least you got off of this one. Mm-hmm. I did. I did what I was yes, supposed to do, you. man. They said they didn't need me, so you know. And you were happy. I'm not, yeah, I'm not mad at all. Now, has your wife done jury duty yet, or is she still waiting for that lovely letter? I think she had to do it one time too, but I can't remember when because you know, like it's like, all right, well, they called you. Good luck. <laughs> But they called you, they didn't call me, so I'm just going to let it go at this particular time. Oh, yeah. Keep my mouth shut. <laughs> you got to love you gotta love renter's insurance. That's what I was checking out on my email. I'm going like, did they say it's faith or it's not faith? Are you people trying to confuse me or whatever? And, what, and what's supposed to go on in this small apartment complex anyway? So... I'm trying to figure out why y'all even bothering me about some renters insurance. Oh, no, I get that, bro. Just in case oh, yeah. one of your neighbors get simple and mess up something and set something on fire and burn your jank down. You know what I mean? Yeah, then you come back and be like, look, I'm protected here. Y'all need to, y'all need to give me some money. Y'all need to give me something up here. Give me something. Nah, We're going to have a serious, have serious problem. You know, have, have all those protections and everything. And I know that's one of the things that even mom was talking about. I told you I called her on her birthday and she was saying that, you know, want to make sure that the vaccinations were in place, but also want to make sure that all of those uh, things that we have to have taken care of as we get older were taken care of as well. Because, you know, parents are going to be parents no matter how old they are. So they want to make sure that, you know, had the colonoscopy all ready to go and the prostate and everything else. And I'm like, yes, I know. Got to go get those things done and just came back recently from 
the eyeglass appointment and got to have a follow-up with that because I just had that a couple of weeks ago. So got to have the follow-up appointment because the doctor's like, there may be something the matter with your eyes. You're not sure what, but we want to double-check something. And I'm like, oh, why? Do you have to tell me you want to double-check something? That's the problem with doctors. They always want to double-check something. Yeah. But you got to stay up. But they got to stay on top of things. And you got to stay on top of things as well. True. That's just part of what goes on and everything. What's the crew been doing musically-wise? I have not seen Ninth and the Gang lately. So I was going to ask you what they've been up to. Well, I know, um, you know, everything comes out in pieces. And when I say in pieces, it's not all lumped together at one time. So right now... It's uh, Crisis, and he has the album, The Hour of Crisis, with a whole bunch of guest appearances and and and, and hot beats. So y'all get a chance, man, just check that out. Again, it's Crisis, K-H-R-Y-S-I-S, called In the Hour of Crisis, spelled the same way. So, you know, be uh, go check it out. <laughs> go check it out. If you, Sounds if you like, like be a real good you know, one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. If you like head knocking beats and everything, then it's for you. Okay. <laughs> but you gotta like the head knocking beats though. Oh yeah, bring your neck brace. Oh yeah, you gotta bring in those good sounds. Cool. Heck yeah. Definitely. I hear you. Um, speaking of sports, by the way, I thought my team was going to do really well, by the way and um, make it into hockey. And I was never really into hockey, even when I was going to school in the Midwest. And they jumped out to a 2 nothing lead. How come they lost the last two games in overtime and I think the last one in double overtime? So now they got to come back home and try to regain home field advantage because they had home field advantage by winning the two games that they were supposed to win. And then they went down to Nashville and just proceeded to lose the games both in overtime. And like I said, I think one, if not both of them, went into double overtime. So at least they were being scrappy, but, you know, I would like scrappy on the right side of the fence, meaning scrappy where we actually win and not scrappy where we lose. Right. So hopefully they're going to do better on that on the, on the return trip. So we're going to see how they do on the return trip and what happens in that regard. So it'll be real interesting. So I'm curious to see how this all plays out. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see how that all goes and everything in that regard. By the way, I forgot to ask, are we doing the 31st or are we skipping till the 7th? Because I have somebody that's going to be talking on the 7th, which is going to be doing a conversation around cannabis and stuff. And I know we do holidays off, but I couldn't remember whether Memorial Day was one that we did off or not. Yeah, we'll be off on the 31st. So, you know, we'll, when we log off tonight, we'll be back in 14 days. And right. then you said talking about cannabis. So, yes. You know, we're going to have a high and mighty time when we come back. We're going to have a high and mighty time. Right? <laughs> yes, the, the, the lady's going to come back. And, uh, it's actually a lady, and I can tell you a little bit about her because I found her on a podcast guest and everything. And I did get the other one that you sent me as well, so I'm following up with them. So they may be on that, that week as well. But I did follow up with this particular individual and they sent me some information and said that they would love to have a conversation with us on that day. So at that high and mighty time, her name is Jennifer Beck. So Jennifer Beck said that she's looking forward to 
coming with us on the 7th and everything of that nature. And uh, she's actually on LinkedIn and is actually involved in a lot of things in that whole cannabis industry and everything. So we're looking forward to having a great conversation with Jennifer and seeing what she's all about. And she's actually the founder of a company in the cannabis space called Jihai, the Jihai Company, J-I-H-I. So that's the name of her company. And she's over there in Denver, Colorado. So not just high and mighty because of what we're talking about, but also because of the fact that she's going to be coming at us all the way from Colorado. So we're going to have a guest coming at us from Colorado. So it says that she founded this company, which is on a mission to help high-performing people sleep better, recover faster, and rejuvenate from the inside out. Jai High's proprietary, clean, and highly functional CBD, excuse me, skin and body care was founded on the idea of self-centered wellness, coming within to find our authenticity, our joy, and our power, and compassion to ourselves and the earth. So that's part of what she's all about. And she's going to be coming over here, joining us. And she's been part of a couple of cannabis companies. And she also had one back in 2013 that was called Cannabis, which was actually the, uh, and I don't know if this was her company, but I think she was just a managing director there. But they are the oldest and largest wholesale exchange platform for the legal cannabis industry. So they are definitely involved in that whole market. So it looks like she's been involved in this for a few years. And it looks like she also went to school there to get a BA in psychology. But it also looks like she's got some education from NYU as well. So it looks like she might be an East Coast, West Coast type person. But we'll learn more about her when she calls in in two weeks. But definitely looking forward to it. And it looks like she's going to be ready to have some great conversations with us about cannabis and what that whole cannabis industry is looking like over there on the West Coast. Okay. Well, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting conversation there. Yeah, I think it'll be quite interesting. Because I know that, you know, you might even have some thoughts. And I know I'll have some thoughts. So we're going to see what she's got to say and how come the industry is doing so well or not well or what's going on with that industry. So oh, I, I, think I it's believe all that industry is doing outstanding right now. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> you know, people people are just, hey, you know, you know how we do. Yep. Sitting there and folks are just getting their getting their groove on, as they say. Yeah, because New Jersey finally um, made some some marijuana smokers happy when they said they can have up to six ounces without any legal repercussions. And then if you don't know how much six ounces is a nice sizable amount for one person to have, and then not. Um, distributing it, and they're going to consume it, you know? That's a whole lot. I, I yes, think you might is. even put some of that in your suitcase. Hey, I'm not putting it in my suitcase, but, you know, there's some people that will. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's, there's some people that put all kinds of stuff in their suitcases. I'm just trying to figure oh, out why some people yeah. put entire guns and other crazy stuff in their suitcases. You know, you got folks out there just putting whole... AK-47s in their suitcases and who knows what else. You know what? They may believe they can get away with it. Speaking Not of realizing. Speaking of getting away with it, I've just always been curious about this. So I'm going to ask you, and the next time I have another corrections person on, I'll ask them. But 
you know, I'm sure people think they can get away with anything, including when they're coming in the system. What is the most unusual thing you have seen in your many years of career? Somebody thinking that they were actually going to be able to bring into the system until y'all wound up having to confiscate it and let them know that they might be able to get it when they leave or they might not be able to get it ever. So what's one of the most unusual things that you saw somebody trying to basically bring into the system? Uh, two, two things come to mind. One was male who bought in and tried to sneak in a cell phone. We call it suitcasing. So it put that phone, and it wasn't a huge phone. It was one of those little flip phone type phones. What? But he stuck it up his butt. And oh, wow. um, I guess he forgot to turn the um, ringer off. <laughs> so it goes off. I guess they, they try to time it to say, okay, by the time he gets strip searched, he was one of those guys that came to serve weekend time and I guess they figured you know he should be in the back by now so we'll call him and while he was being strip searched phone went off wow (laughs) so being as though you can't take it out he could either take it out voluntarily or we had to take him to the um, medical department where the doctor had to remove it. Oh, did the doctor have to remove it? Yeah. So like, go in there and get it. <laughs> Brave soul, man. It wasn't me. Thank God it wasn't. You know what I mean? I know, that's right. That just but sounds painful. Been, Even if it isn't, it sounds painful. It's been some weird stuff, man. But you said that was one. What was the other one? You said two came to mind. Oh, the other one was like a tennis ball size uh, thing of pills wrapped up in cellophane. And the female that bought it in put it in a private area. And the way she got caught out there was that the other uh, folks in the unit do a clean under the bus because they didn't want to they didn't want those drugs to be found in there you know wow you know we were talking earlier about that's just crazy both of those are crazy but we were talking earlier about uh, just briefly about social media and I was uh, like I said mentioned I've been checking out Clubhouse for the live about a week now so we've had some good conversations but one of the conversations I was almost on the floor rolling because it was like maybe late night or early morning but they were actually having a conversation in one of the rooms about um, interracial relationships. No, actually, the name of the room was something like "Ask a White Girl Anything." So basically, ask her anything that you wanted to, and, and, and I think they might do a room later with you know, ask the sisters anything or ask the uh, black man anything. So they have different rooms. But this one was "Ask the White Girl Anything," and somebody actually had the nerve, and the and the lady answered the question correctly, which was you know it has to do with uh, upbringing and things of that nature. But they wanted to know why white women have that wet dog smell sometimes after they come in from the rain. I yeah, was just too through with it. I was just when I heard the question. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But the, but the lady was actually very diplomatic, and she basically explained that 
uh, you know, some cultural differences between uh, sisters and uh, the Europeans and um, also explain some things about the different types of soaps that are used and some other kind of explanations. I don't remember all the explanations. Like I said, I was just too through with the conversation in general. <laughs> I hear that. So they go like, I cannot believe that y'all asked that versus that. Mm-mm-mm. That's interesting, right? Yeah. But some folks just feel that they can have the right to ask anybody anything. And I'm sitting there going like, no, you got to have the, um, what is it, um, decorum in the questions that you ask? You should, but I would think that's so. not always the case. No, it's not always the case. I think you would have decorum. I mean, because, and I did like the answer that somebody said, somebody brought up the fact that sometimes even some of the, Odors that we get from people are sometimes from their diet, because like I said, you know, if somebody's got a heavy curry in their diet, then they might have a curry smell, and if somebody uses a lot of cocoa butter, then they might have a cocoa butter smell, so definitely I thought that that was a good answer, but some of the other answers, I'm sitting there going like, one, I don't believe you asked the question, and two, I don't believe that you answered it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But some that's folks, true. you know, you give them a platform, and they just figure that they can use that platform they talk about any and everything that sometimes is not relevant to what's important in society. Like I said, some of these things that we talk about are very relevant, and that's why we have the conversations even here. But, you know, sometimes you go into these rooms, and I've even seen it on Facebook, and you're sitting there going like, what the heck are y'all even bringing this up for? Why are you asking about the man's uh, whatever or whatever is going on in their lives? But I don't understand it, but some folks just want to misuse stuff and everything. Speaking of misusing have we heard whether Mr. Trump has started his own uh, social media site? Because I know he was talking about doing that sometimes back, but then it kind of petered out. So I hadn't heard anything more about the Trump book. You know, I call no, it Facebook. It's the Trump book. I'm so glad I have not heard anything from that guy, man, that, you know, just go and hide and, and be in your own little world and stay to yourself and whatever you're going to do, you know what I mean? But just stay away from us. <laughs> Agreed. You know, whatever you're going to do, go ahead and do it. Just stay away from us, man. Because stay away from us, just the, the worst. You think? Yeah, he's the worst. He's the worst of worst, worst. I mean, just the worst. What did you think? I, You know, I have not been paying attention to it this year, but then I stumbled across it last week and then I watched one. This week, and I actually did not find it to be too bad. I mean, it wasn't as funny as the old days, but I actually kind of enjoyed some of the new editions of uh, Saturday Night Live. So I was wondering, have you seen any of them? And what did you think of this year's crop of Saturday Night Live? I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in over 20 years, man. I, I guess, you know, between movies and stuff that's on TV that, I have the option of watching now Netflix and Amazon Prime and you know Hulu and so Saturday night we're usually watching something and then after that it's lights out Jack you know what I mean like <laughs> so I haven't watched I have not watched an episode of Saturday Night Live we used to watch it of course growing up because that Oh yeah, that was entertainment. Like, but then uh, Mad TV started coming on, so I used to watch that. And then, you know, once I started really working, working, 
I spent most of my time trying to earn a few dollars just so I could go buy stuff that I wanted and not have to ask anybody for it. So TV became a afterthought almost. Gotcha. You know. And then I hear you. as you get older and you know, it's like time flies so fast. I try to catch some shows now, thank goodness for a DVR. Because I can oh, record yeah. it and then I can come back to it, you know. I agree. By the way, I was looking at the newspaper again. Um, you know, we always got to talk about the unfairness in immigration. Well, actually, we got some good news for the Haitians, which is that the U.S. is granting temporary protection to thousands of Haitians. So the designation, which will be in place wow. for 18 months, could protect as many as 150,000 Haitians living temporarily in the United States. So there's definitely going to be some relief in that sense. So it says the Biden administration this past weekend extended special protection to Haitians living temporarily in the United States after being displaced by that devastating 2010 earthquake. So that reversed the efforts by that previous person, the orange man, but to force them to leave the country. So it looks like they got some good news this weekend and all of that. So the decision announced by the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro N. Mayorkas, makes good on President Biden's campaign promise to restore a program that shields thousands of Haitian immigrants from the threat of deportation under the restrictive policies put in place under that orange man. Let's go keep calling him that orange man. Orange idiot. The orange idiot, y'all. That's who he is. The orange idiot. Don't forget it, y'all. Somebody needs to make a song. The orange idiot. Make you want to jump off the damn bridge. He's so damn stupid. I agree. And one of the um, one of the oh one of your Democrats, uh, Mr. Robert Mendez or Menendez, he said the last thing our country should be doing is forcing an entire community in the U.S. to decide between packing up their lives and tearing their family apart by self-supporting or becoming undocumented and forced into the shadows of our society, he said in a statement released on Saturday. I couldn't agree with him more. We don't need to be trying to force stupid laws out there going on and forcing people to do other things along those lines. So that's good. I'm glad to know that there was some good news in that sense. And it looks like there was some good news back in uh, March for the Venezuelans as well. So it looks like some folks are getting some breaks and don't have to, and at least get a little bit of a break in order to be able to stay here. So, you know, that orange man, he was just crazy. Crazy and depressing. Just yeah, speaking depressing. of depressing, don't you hate it when you see things in, that you used to see in, in society that are almost like an icon of society, and then they start disappearing because of erosion and just natural things? Because apparently that's happened in the Galapagos, you know, because they're saying that Darwin's Arch, that famed rock formation that looks almost like a, a little bit of a bridge or whatever, it's collapsed. Mm-hmm. They fell into the well, sea uh, recently. So, yeah, the, the Darwin's Arch, a famous photo-friendly rock formation in that remote island, collapsed on Monday because of natural erosion, according to Ecuadorian officials. So it says wow. that collapsed into the natural archway into the Pacific Ocean about 600 miles west of continental Ecuador, left a pile of rubble between the two pillars. So you know, people have been used to seeing that for a long time. But, you know, now it collapsed. And all of that says the waters around the arch are known as a destination for divers, 
um, with tours from the main island, offering the opportunity to spot sharks, turtles, manta rays, and dolphins. The arch was less than a mile from the uninhabited Darwin Islands. Both are named after Charles Darwin, the scientist who studied a species on the islands in 1835, influenced his theories of evolution and natural selection. So, yeah, things that we used to see out there, sometimes they wind up collapsing as well. Who knows? Somebody in our lifetime or maybe in another lifetime might be reporting something similar about the pyramids and they've been out there forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wow. Wow. There's just certain iconic figures that you're used to seeing all the time and then when they disappear you're going like, wow, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. So, so apparently, you got to love these things that happen on TikTok because apparently a 70-year-old's birthday party has become the biggest thing on the internet. So Adrian Lopez's birthday kickback went viral on TikTok. Thousands of teenagers showed up for the party of the year. So my guess is that he probably advertised that he wanted to have the party of the year. Yep, says a week ago, Adrian Lopez was just an average high school student in Eastville, California. But after a digital flyer he made inviting friends to Huntington Beach for his birthday went viral to the point of attracting thousands of strangers to the beach and to an event based in Los Angeles, he's become a household name on social media. So apparently he made this invitation on Monday, specifying a time, 7.30 p.m., a place, the fire pit, and a date, May 22nd. Slide through this Saturday, we finally turn you up, read the bottom of the image, which, which, which was titled, Adrian's Kickback. It was meant to be for my school, Mr. Lopez said. In an attempt to drum up more interest, Mr. Lopez's friend, uh, you know, it's always going to be the friends, Mr. Hair Hernandez, 16, posted the flyer to Snapchat, then to his personal TikTok account. Tuesday morning was when Hair made the TikTok. I was on my way to school, and it only had like 40 likes, so I ignored it. But over the next few days, the video took off. Something about the specifics of the invite felt hilarious to those who encountered it. Who is Adrian, people commented. The video took hold on TikTok's powerful For You recommendation algorithm and gained mass distribution. Overnight, it became a meme. Internet celebrities and creators, including the music artist 24 Golden, members of FaZe Clan, and Noah Beck posted about it. And by the weekend of the event, TikTok videos with the hashtag Adrian's Kickback had attracted nearly 280 million views. At first, Mr. Lopez and Mr. Hernandez thought the viral attention was fun. They were enjoying their 15 minutes of fame, DMing with high-profile people who had hyped up the event. We were building with connections with artists. We're building connections with top people, said Mr. Hernandez. The Friday night, they began to get nervous. People were posting about flying in from the country, around the country for the event. One person said they were driving 18 hours with a group of people to be there. And on Friday night, the night before the kickback, around 1,000 people showed up to the Huntington Beach looking for a party. Police quickly shut it down, but Mr. Hernandez and Mr. Lopez no longer felt in control. Where did they get in trouble for inciting the riot? Mr. Hernandez began working with an older friend he'd met in the event business. We honestly got scared, so we thought about the idea of getting a venue. So they popped, oh, they partnered with a popular sneaker and streetwear store, Cookies and Kicks, to sell $40 tickets to the event and change the location to an undisclosed space in Los Angeles to be revealed shortly before the party. On Saturday afternoon, a line of kids waiting to buy tickets to Adrian Kickback at Cookies and Kicks stretched around the block. Teenagers in line said that they believed it would be the party of the century 
and the date her top content creators would be making appearances. So definitely uh, looks like because of COVID and everybody being locked in the house, they just thought they were going to have themselves one big party and everything. So because of the viral nature of the event, it also attracted content creators, YouTubers, TikTokers, and live streamers went to make posts about it for the millions at home who couldn't attend. So it looks like some people actually made this into a big party. So I think, um, so I just had another idea for us, Dean. What's that? I think that we're going to have the uh, Dean Mark blowout party uh, somewhere on the East Coast. An undisclosed location, hashtag Dean and Mark's blowout party. So we're going to do a hashtag Dean and Mark's blowout party, and it'll be somewhere in between, maybe D.C. So like I said, we're going to do a hashtag and see if we get the kind of interest that they got because we're not teenagers. But definitely, uh, it'll be interesting. But they did say that given the teenagers' outsized expectations of the event, it was almost bound to disappoint. But signs of real trouble began to show on Saturday evening. Mr. Lopez and Mr. Hernandez had said that they'd be announcing the address for the venue at 9.30 p.m. So the time rolled around, they pushed it back to 11.30 p.m., leaving teens who had traveled into the city anxious. Meanwhile, many other people had not gotten word that the event had been moved to Los Angeles, and a crowd began to grow at Huntington Beach. Thousands of teenagers poured onto the beach, ready for a party. They formed a mosh pit, blasted music, and cheered as some took turns scaling the flagpole and climbing on top of a spotlight. Some set off fireworks and ran through the traffic intersection or jumped from high locations into the crowd below. They talked about some of the things that were going on in that place as well. It says, when the police began to disperse the crowd, things turned violent. The windshield of a police car was smashed, and some people threw bottles and other objects at the police. The police shot non-lethal rounds into the crowd. Eventually, the authorities issued an emergency overnight curfew, and nearly 150 attendees were arrested. Wow. That's just in Huntington Beach. Back in Los Angeles, Mr. Lopez's official kickback was also doomed. The address, which was never officially shared with ticket holders, leaked. And by midnight, a crowd had shown up at the venue. After a police officer responded to the scene, the party was shut down before it even began. By then, Mr. Lopez had deleted all his content from social media in an effort to tamp down the event, but the backlash had already begun. I'm nervous, Mr. Lopez said on Saturday. Our parents don't know, and they're going to find out, he said. So, Mom and Dad, I'm sorry, but I don't know what to do. Mr. Hernandez spent Sunday afternoon trying to dispel the notion that the party was a scam. He organized refunds to those who had purchased tickets through cookies and kicks, and on Sunday, another line of kids formed at the store to get their money back. <clears throat> on Monday, the Lopez released a statement through a manager he began working with the day before. I did not start or encourage any illegal activities, Mr. Lopez said in a statement sent by I email. Safety is and always will be my number one concern for both myself and others. I have not made any money related to Adrian's kickback. Mm-hmm. Oh, see what happens when you try to have a house party? Yeah, too much. K. Watson 20 content director. Notice what I just said. K. Watson 20 content director. She got a job like that of the sink, a podcast network, was at Huntington Beach on Saturday and described the scene as a zombie apocalypse of 17 to 19 year olds. I think it was a mix of timing, the vaccine rollout, and a lot of other things opening up. Social media has spurred similar mob like events before. In 2012, Brandon broke out in the Netherlands after a 15-year-old girl created a public invitation to her 16th birthday party. 
and uh, 2016, over a million people RSVP to a quinceanera celebration for Ruby Abara Garcia, a teenager in Mexico, after her father accidentally set the Facebook event to public. So, and in 2019, dozens of UFO enthusiasts showed up to a site in Nevada after a viral Facebook event advertising a raid of Area 51 went viral. I'm telling you, Dean, we've got to have the July blowout. <laughs> so we're just going to have you to know what? I don't know, man. That's a lot. That's a lot. You know what I mean? Yes. That's a whole lot. <laughs> That's a, a whole, whole lot. As on Monday, however, Mr. Lopez's manager said his size mood has changed. The last thing Adrian wants to do is party that his manager has to be Lopez, 20, who is of no relation. But this may be the beginning of his career as an influencer. Uh-uh. Apparently, he wanted to have a teenage party, and it now has blown up into a big hosting influencer event. Well, So what do you think? Uh, are you ready for the July blowout? Next year. <laughs> Next year. <laughs> yeah. Next year. I hear you. Next yeah, we'll just do that next year. We'll, we'll hold that for next year. But that's just crazy that they would do that and then it just blew up that big and that was this weekend. <laughs> mm-hmm. I read one of the kids said that as well. Some kid named Isaiah Shepherd, who is a YouTuber known as Speezy King, and he went to the Huntington Beach. He said, this really shows the power of TikTok. Someone can make a joke and it can randomly catch traction and bring thousands of strangers to a beach in a matter of days. And, Matt, and Mr. Watson said that he believes there will be more mobilizations as more people leverage the accelerated reach of the platform. See what, seeing what happened because of TikTok in the course of less than a week, it's a feeling that I've never experienced before with social media, he said. If anyone is able to recreate even 1% of what was done this week for Adrian's kickback with something that has more importance, such as for a political candidate or protest, that would be amazing. It would be interesting. Maybe, maybe Reverend Barber can use this technique for the uh, Poor People's Campaign. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a lot. <laughs> a whole lot. Whole lot, whole lot, man. I'm sitting there going like, wow, that's just crazy. Well, that's just a little bit of what's going on in the world and in the news. If you want to, I think we can drop some, maybe a little bit of music. And then when we come back, we can have a little conversation about uh, what, um, where they can catch us at and what we've got coming up later on, because I am talking to some other guests as well some of the folks that you sent me and everything but if you want to drop a five or ten minute tune and by the time we come back it'll be like about five or ten minutes till and that'll mean we'll be pretty much almost done yeah so we're gonna let's see what we got here man and uh we'll be back in a few minutes sounds good all right all right
What a great song. I don't know who that was, but they were definitely jamming. I was definitely that enjoying was, that. That was sounding real good. That was Kobe Watkins, who was a past guest on the show, man. It's called Catch This Too. Cool. That's right. Kobe was an amazing guest and actually connected to North Carolina Central University and definitely teaches over there and sometimes even sees nights and all of that. But, yeah, that was some great music and everything. And speaking of great music and great guests, the other guests that I'm trying to line up, who knows, maybe they'll be there with the cannabis person or maybe they'll come the week after. But I know you sent me some information on Joseph Fung and definitely have been in touch with some of their managers. So Joseph Fung is a four-time entrepreneur with multiple successful exits and is the CEO and founder of Ubero, the fastest-growing tech sales boot camp in North America. Apparently, he's the host of a podcast as well called the Sailor's Journey Podcast and is an active early-stage investor. So I might have to put him in touch with my friend Shaquille Lettimer, who's an investment type that guy out of Australia. So maybe we'll have them on the same show. I just got to figure out the time zone differences because I want to say if it's 7 to 9 here, it's like early in the morning there. But I'm pretty much convinced that Shaquille doesn't sleep because every time I'm online, he's there as well. So pretty much convinced that he does not believe in this concept <laughs> of sleep. So we'll probably be able to find him and maybe you can find him at the same time. Because apparently this phone also sits on the board of Communitech the Golden Triangle Angel Network, and the Kitchener-Waterloo Symphony. So it sounds like he's kind of like Mark Cuban. Sounds like he's got some money and some connections, so he needs to be in our circle of friends because we need some more influential friends that can help us grow this thing and take it off to a whole other level. I know that that's part of the stuff folks I've been meeting on Clubhouse is some influential people as well. So we need some influential people, and if they want to like make donations to the cause, if they want to you know do things on cash app and that way uh, i don't know what yours is but mine is dollar sign my name mark lee 1962 so if they want to make any donations they are gladly accepted they can also go to the paypal <laughs> as well which is emily at haytide.org so any of those are gladly accepted in anything and uh dean if you want to tell them where they could drop some money in your bank account as well i'm i have no problem with that so like i said i do believe you know what you get some rewards <laughs> <laughs> I don't have well, Cash App kicked me out, so I, I no longer have a Cash App account. They they said violation of terms and conditions. I don't know what that meant, but there's no customer service number, so I was like, all right, well, it is what it is. But um, I, I guess it'll be at, at PayPal, man. Like I gotta look up my whole PayPal thing. I never had anybody send me any money. You know what I mean? Like I wish they did, but. <laughs> <laughs> Dean will look that up so that the next time we do this show Dean will be able to tell us all his PayPal so that these influencers because we're going to go for those influencers including like that teenage kid and everybody so we need to have those influencers I did like the way that that letter ended by the way and I don't know if you ever because sometimes you just forward them to me and everything but I did love this little letter that they put at the end of the letter so this is what it said Dean um, and like I said, I know you forwarded it to me, so I don't know how much you read it and everything. But at the end, it says, with you having such a strong following, it would be a great opportunity for your listeners to hear topics that are not often covered in podcasts and great for us to get Joseph's message out. Here's a link to his one sheet, his hyperlink for easy access to his socials, as well as past interviews. Feel free mm-hmm. to have a look. I'm just glad to know that they think that we have this super strong following. So like I said, I'm still waiting for those super followers. <laughs> to give us some super money but as a super sponsorship. But I'm just glad to know that we have a super strong following because that's what the letter said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I read it, and then, you know, I, I just 
thank them for for sending it to us and um you know told them that uh our, their their listenership was appreciated you know and yeah just go from that but my um guess is I don't even know. The profile is at Dean Geronimo that, that, on, on PayPal. So I guess it's PayPal me. Um, I don't know what it is, man. It's a share your link to get paid. So let me click on that to find out what exactly <laughs> it might be, man. You know, like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's PayPal.me backslash Dean Geronimo. But you have to click it, on that it link. It may be. I'm trying to find it. You know, it says at Dean Geronimo. That's that's what it says in that one in that thing case, that that's I clicked on. Um, yep. My username is Dean Geronimo. So, yeah, so, that, I so guess that's what it is. What it is. Yeah. PayPal PayPal dot me backslash Dean Geronimo. But let's see. Let me put that in the uh, put that in the chat and see if it comes up as your PayPal. Let's see. Just trying to find out now. That's right. Maybe I'm gonna do something. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is. Yeah, yep. that's it. PayPal. So dot me backslash d e a n g e r o n i m o. Dean Geronimo. That's it. So if anybody wants to send any money, that's how they can send it to Dean Geronimo. As a matter of fact, I just looked at there and it says that they can either request or send it. So I'm even looking at it right there, and it's got your, uh, even your Greek emblem and everything, and the beard that you've had ever since you were in college, and that you have some sort of cowl on your face. Yeah, that, that's the right one. That is the yep. right one. Yep. So, so, hey, man, it's about time. The, the sun has gone down, and the guests yes, will be waiting well. for, you know, what you call it. So we're going to go ahead and fit on up. Um it's Straight Talk with Dean and Mark, y'all. And it's Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to catch our replays tomorrow afternoon and Wednesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Skyhawk Radio Network. And if you missed those, we do have replays on Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, TuneIn. Stitcher, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Podcast Addict, Castbox, Podfollow, Deezer, GeoSaving, and right here on Blog Talk Radio, where we are part of the Level Podcast Network, where you can catch other shows like The Black Girl's Guide to Surviving Menopause, The Chef Gang Radio Show, Funk from the Front Seat. Funk Music with Zach, Learning Unwrapped, Bless K-12 Better, Marketing with Russ, a.k.a. Hashtag Russ Selfie, Mona Shake and the Minority Reports, Mullings, Music and Memories with Mark Lee, <laughs> The Online Dinner Party with Mark Lee, The Plan of Good Seed Podcast, The Reinvention Road Trip, She's on Call, The Just Podcast, the Mark Lee Show, The Spinach Social Hour, Virginia Interfaith Live, and WNC Original Music. Now, like I always say, when you walk outside your front door, it's showtime in the well of your stage. 
just make sure that people are not watching the rehearsal. And with that being said, it's the Six Man Themes, Geronimo. We have wrapped up the 275th episode of Straight Talk with Data Ma. Y'all have an outstanding week, and we'll see y'all in 14 days because we're going to take Memorial Day off, all right? Yeah, yeah, that sounds perfectly fine to me. But guess what, Dean? I did have a couple of very quick announcements that I was going to say. One is that guess who I met and reconnected with? One of them was a past guest, and one of them was a connection that we made to get on one of our networks. But on Clubhouse, I ran across Reese Palmer, a past guest, and I okay. also ran across Louis Laporte. Yes, Louis Laporte is ah. on Clubhouse. I ran across Mr. Laporte, who was hanging out on Clubhouse as well. I actually talked to Reese. He have not talked to Lewis yet, but I did see that he is on Clubhouse and is a fairly new person on Clubhouse as well. So I was glad to see him out and about and still trying to do his thing also. And then there were two other events that I meant to mention earlier. One was there was a great conversation about how the media is handling Asian Americans in terms of media coverage and everything and that was actually held by the triangle association of black journalists so um my friend steve Rao, who actually does some stuff on pod tv he was one of the guests that was talking about asian american relations here in north carolina as was uh, renee chow who was a media person from this area forget which network she's with but definitely she was there and there were some other activist types as well and they did talk about the relationship and the correlation between what the Asian Americans have been going through the Black Lives Matter movement what the folks in the dreamer community are going through and a number of other communities as well so that was really good and then the black girls got to menopause host I saw her at the event on Friday so I did get a chance to wow. speak to okay. and talk to Omasadi told Omasadi that we were still airing herself she had a big smile on her face she was glad that we were giving her some few more listeners and all of that. So definitely she was glad to be part of our network and all of that. So I just wanted to let you know that I did speak to her and told her that we were still airing them and that put a big smile on her face. Nice. Nice. That's what we do, man. So y'all keep it locked here, man, and, and stay tuned. We got more shows coming and we appreciate y'all. And you did say we were at 275. So that means that in 25 weeks, which will probably yeah. be before the end of the year or no later than the early part of next year, we're going to hit 300 episodes. Amazing. Yep. And I'm looking yep. forward to that. And that's that's just 300 episodes of Straight Talk with Dana Ma. As long as we've been rocking, even when it was back, when it was the voice of the people, you know, shout out to Ty Jones. But now we, we, we're at episode number 275. So we, we keep rocking, man. We keep rocking. And we look forward to keep rocking. And we'll see these fine folks in 14 days. See y'all.
we did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. Own the road with T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Whether you're cruising through Nashville on I-40, heading down I-90 to Boston, or touring Santa Cruz on the 5, you'll be covered by the largest 5G network. T-Mobile covers the most interstate highway miles in America with 5G. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Most reliable according to independent third-party Umla from crowdsourced user experience data from January to July 2021. Fastest according to Open Signal Awards based on average speeds in USA 5G user experience report July 2021. At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams of 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. McCafe K-Cup Pods are bringing two tempting tastes right to your coffee cup only at Walmart. Classic French toast brings the best of breakfast to every sip with the comforting flavors of sweet maple syrup, buttery toast, and a dash of cinnamon. Baked apple pie honors the classic cafe dessert with the taste of crisp apple, buttery pie crust, and sweet cinnamon flavors. Brew them up with the new Keurig K-Express Essentials Brewer. Whatever flavor you choose, you can't lose. So try them both. McCafe, available at Walmart. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. With MailChimp, you get more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales with things like data-driven recommendations and powerful automation tools. Get started today at MailChimp.com smartmarketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row. Proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. 
At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams of 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row. Proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks.